You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, welcome to Bird's Eye View on Pet Life Radio. I'm Lori Hess, one of your hosts, here with Dr. Michelle Ravitch, our other host. Thank you so much today for joining us. Today, we want to talk to you a little bit about some common diseases that we see in birds at various stages of their lives. These would be interesting to people that own birds of all ages, and we hope that you'll uh, learn a little bit about what to look for in your bird, uh, regardless of what age he or she is. So today, I thought we would just start with baby birds. Dr. Ravitch? Well, one of the most common things that we can see in baby birds is problems associated with feeding. A lot of times the breeders or the owners end up syringe feeding the bird and it can be very difficult to make the appropriate syringe feeding formula and the most common problem we would see are problems associated with the temperature of the formula. Is it too cold? Is it too hot? And there's very specific range in which the formula is safe to feed. If it's too cold, it can lead to infections and slowing down of the intestinal tract and that special outpocketing of the esophagus that birds have called the crop where they store food. If the formula is too hot, it can actually burn their esophagus and their crop to the point where the burn can come right through their skin, and that requires surgery to fix. Yeah, and that's something we really do see commonly in birds, and what's interesting is that it can happen, and owners may not know that it's even there till days to even a week after it happens. It happens, and then they don't notice until it actually makes a little burn hole or a little scab in the skin over the crop. And one of the, the most important things if you're bringing your bird into a veterinarian with this kind of a problem is that we don't really want to rush to do surgery on those birds right away. We do want the, a little healing to happen. We want to see how big the burn really is. You know, the burns can look really bad at the beginning, and then they, as they get less inflamed, they form a scab. And when they form a scab, basically the, the scab will kind of demarcate itself and then it will be easier to actually determine what needs surgery and what doesn't. So we often want to wait a few days after the burn to see what really needs to be taken care of surgically. You know, feeding birds is an art form and weaning birds is an art form. Mm-hmm. And if you have a baby bird, I know a lot of people do go out and I'm sure people went out, you know, over the past holiday and got baby birds. Hopefully you got some good instructions about how to wean a bird. But if you're not sure, you really need to contact a veterinarian comfortable with birds and learn more about um, the proper way to wean, how to weigh birds to make sure they're not losing too much weight. You want to comment a little bit about that, Dr. Ravage? Sure. Uh, Baby birds, especially when they're being syringe fed or if they're in the weaning process, should really be weighed at least once a day um, in an appropriate scale. For example, a scale that measures small amounts such as grams or ounces. Weighed every day at the same time of day so that you have an um, appropriate weight to compare to. During the weaning process, it is okay for birds to lose a percentage of their body weight because they are transitioning to a new food. And even in the wild, when they're weaning, they will lose a small percentage of their body weight. But it is important to weigh them to make sure they're not losing too much and to make sure they're getting enough calories. Usually we give a ballpark estimate of about 10% of their body weight. And, you know, their crops are really, really full when they're full of liquid. Mm -hmm. And when they get to have solid food, you know, their crops are less stretched out. Even their stomachs inside shrink down. They're they're not uh, holding all that liquid food as they start to hold more solids. So that's safe. As long as the birds are active and eating and not dehydrated or, or really shriveled up looking, they're, you know, they're okay to lose a little bit of weight. But it is something that, 
diet owners, if you're trying to wean a bird at home, you should really be recording their weights in the morning before you feed them, tracking you know what their weights are and making sure that the trend isn't too far down beyond the 10% mark. Right. A lot of things we'll do for young birds in addition to doing an exam is also checking their stool, making sure that they're not carrying any parasites and that they have the appropriate bacteria that they should have for that time in their life. Which is, is a very important thing because we know that birds have very specific bacteria in their systems that are very, very different from the type of bacteria that we have in our mouths and our intestinal tracts. So again, you don't want to share your food with your bird, even though you may want to give him a little taste. Just remember that's not a good thing to do and follow the instructions on weaning and just do it gradually and make sure that the bird is making up for any lost you know, feeding formula that you may give in terms of making up for it in terms of solid food. So that's a common thing. What other common things do we see in baby birds? Baby birds can also be prone to problems with some of their organs because their keel or their breastbone is not as well developed. And if they're dropped, their abdomen is very exposed and they can have injuries to their spleen or other things like that. And sometimes that can show up as a bruising under their skin. So you always want to be very careful when you're handling them. They just don't have as much protection. And again, they're also not as coordinated. So even if you have them in a basket or something that might be safe, um, a lot of times they can injure themselves just because they're not very coordinated. Yeah, a lot of baby birds try to fly or try to climb and, you know, just like young children, they're clumsy, they're trying to get their own footing and they do get into trouble and and we will see injuries, you know, bruises, sometimes broken bones, sprains, strains and, you know, again, if your bird goes through an injury like this, you do want to contact a veterinarian. Safe to say that if a bird is probably, you know, bearing weight on a leg that's been injured, it's it's unlikely it's broken, but certainly if there are wounds, if there's bleeding, significant injuries, significant lameness, Mm -hmm. you certainly would want to have that checked down and perhaps have an x-ray done. Right. What about birds that are a little older? Well, birds that are older obviously can have the same types of injuries we see in young birds. As birds mature, um, we do see some infections, particularly Mm -hmm. if they're exposed to other birds, if they're coming out of stores or aviaries where there are a lot of other birds mixed from other sources. We'll see viral infections, bacterial infections. We see something called parrot fever or psittacosis fairly commonly, which is unfortunately a disease that is transmittable bird to bird and also can go to human beings. So it is something that if you're getting a bird... um, from an area where there are lots of other birds, particularly the smaller birds like budragars, what we know as parakeets or cockatiels, little birds Mm -hmm. that can carry this disease without any signs at all. And sometimes when they get stressed, it can come out and it can look like a respiratory tract infection in them. They can have an enlarged liver, abnormal stools, sometimes very, very bright green stool. And these are all signs, again, you'd want to have checked. Well, I think, should we take a break now? Sure. Okay, so we're going to be right back in a few more minutes to talk a little further about common diseases in pet birds as they grow in age. Thank you for listening. This is Bird's Eye View, Dr. Hess and Dr. Ravitch from the Veterinary Center for Birds and Exotics in Bedford Hills, New York. Please stand by. We'll be back in just a little bit. Stay perched. We'll be soaring back right after these messages. Buster. You're telling me my dog food products can't go on your shelves? That's right. Didn't pass one of my Petco certified nutrition checklists. Sorry, Wayne. Who made these checklists? Geniuses. Very smart guys. Well, it's good enough for most grocery stores. Do you see cheese puffs on my shelves? Mayonnaise? Soda pop? No. That's because I ain't running no grocery store, Wayne. Your pets will get better nutrition. I guarantee it. Petco. Where healthy pets go. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco and get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off hundreds of items at Petco. PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco. 
Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright backings for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Back, go to PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson. PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson. To order your Dyson Animal Back today. Dyson. Music to your ears. Hi, this is Ken Jones from the Prince of Ponds podcast. The frogs are shaking the shakers, the turtles are hitting the slapsticks, and the koi are blowing the trumpets. It's party time here at Prince of Ponds. Out under the swaying palm trees, the pond fairies are kicking up their heels and spinning in delight in the twilight. Here on Pet Life Radio, it's time to celebrate the magic of ponds, waterfalls, fountains, and water gardens at the Prince of Ponds podcast. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hey, welcome back to Bird's Eye View. I'm Dr. Lori Hess here with Dr. Michelle Ravitch. We're from the Veterinary Center for Birds and Exotics at Bedford Hills, New York, www.avianexoticsvet.com if you'd like to contact us. And today we're talking a little bit more about different diseases we see at the various life stages of birds as they grow in age. Um, And we went to our break. We were just beginning to talk about birds sort of at middle age. Uh, We talked about birds when they're young, but we're talking about common things we Mm -hmm. see when they're active and uh, in the prime of their life. Birds earlier in their stage, for example, birds that are just learning how to fly, more juvenile teenager age birds, you know, just learning how to fly, they can get into things, they're experimenting with their mouth, they don't always know what's safe for them to chew, Um, and we can certainly see ingestion of foreign material, Um, we can see lead toxicity sometimes, a lot of people aren't aware of the different sources of lead in their house, but lead can be in paints, it can be in different blinds, and you know, these young birds are out, and if they are just learning how to fly, and you're not expecting them to be able to fly, they can definitely get into a lot of trouble. Well, lead is certainly the most common thing. Um, They chew on all kinds of things, though. They can chew on moldings, around fireplace, sometimes on linoleum, and there are certainly chemicals in there. They love jewelry. They can pull Mm -hmm. earrings out, um, chew on chains, swallow all kinds of foreign objects. They will get entwined in things, too. Um, Sometimes if they're walking Mm -hmm. in carpet or if they have nesting material for some of the small birds, they can get things, little fibers wrapped around their legs. You know, there are so many different things we will see uh, zinc toxicity when they chew on wires. Um, commonly those wires, you know, on the back of your TV or that are wrapped in plastic and those different color coatings, there's a little wire metal rod in, in there and that's usually made out of zinc. And zinc toxicity, while lead tends to cause more neurologic problems because it affects their nerves and they can look wobbly and weak and lethargic. Sometimes the Amazon parrots will have kind of a characteristic chocolatey brown stool from lead poisoning. With zinc poisoning, we actually see what's called a popcorn stool, which is, uh, mm-hmm. it actually can affect their digestion in their pancreas, and their stools are big and white and fluffy, and they can act uh, lethargic and sick as well. So you really just want to keep your bird away from anything potentially toxic that he or she could chew on. 
Middle-aged birds can also, at that point in their life, can also start to develop different diseases, just like um, people in their middle age. You know, different organ diseases can certainly pop up at that time, although it is more common when they're older. You know, they can start to develop diseases of their kidney or of their liver, and a lot of these diseases are much more common when birds are not on an appropriate diet. A lot of birds are on an all-seed diet, and they're on that right from when they're weaned, and by the time they reach middle age, they've essentially been ingesting seed their whole life, which is mostly fat. And not having the essential vitamins and nutrients can certainly predispose to underlying diseases of the respiratory tract and of the liver and the kidney, for example. Middle-aged birds, especially female birds, once they reach sexual maturity, are capable of laying an egg. And that can occur with or without a male present, just like a chicken, they can lay an unfertilized egg. And again, we see more problems in these birds if they've been on a poor diet, because they don't have the vitamins, the calcium, and the nutrients they need to be producing eggs. They can actually get what's called egg binding, where they form an egg and they are unable to pass it, or the egg is misshapen and they can't pass it for that reason. Um, and that can be a very serious condition. They might stop eating. They can actually get leakage sometimes of the yolk material into their abdomen, which can make them very, very sick. And sometimes they need uh, medical assistance in order to help pass the egg. They need vitamins. They need calcium supplementation. Um, and sometimes actual physical assistance in passing the egg. And that's a very serious and common problem we see. And a lot of people, unfortunately, are not aware of this. Not only are they not aware that their birds could lay eggs, but they're not even sure that they have a female bird at home. I do remember being called by someone who had a 35-year-old bird. I was called an emergency, and, and this woman described some signs of passing bloody droppings. The bird passed bloody droppings, and I suggested that she might be laying an egg. And this woman definitely you know, gave me a, a big hard time that she had a 35-year-old bird, and that was ridiculous. And it turned out actually... Actually, the bird was trying to lay an egg. So even if your bird hasn't laid an egg and you know she's female, if she hasn't laid an egg her whole life, doesn't mean that she couldn't. Um, we don't know why birds sometimes decide to lay eggs and some do not. We know that birds ovulate just as we do, as human beings do. Unlike us, obviously, they put a shell around that for, uh, that egg that they release. And in about a 48-hour period, in most parrots, they can pass that follicle down from their ovary down through their oviduct and pass it out of their body as a hard-shelled egg. And those eggs should come out as hard-shelled. Now, if you're noticing that your bird is laying eggs, particularly if she's laying several eggs in a row and the shells are soft or cracked, or if they're not really shelled at all, or some of them are shelled, then that is a sign that egg binding is imminent and you need to jump on that. And that means getting your bird to a veterinarian to make sure that she's on the appropriate amount of calcium in her diet, perhaps supplementing the calcium, making sure she has um, adequate UV light. And we know that light uh, that comes through a window, sunlight through a window is actually filtered out. So you need to actually provide direct sunlight like going outside or having an artificial UV light indoors with the appropriate spectrum from the UVB wavelength and uh, making sure that that bird is under that light several hours a day to make vitamin D in the skin, which enables her to withdraw calcium from the food that she's eating, hopefully the good food, the good diet that she's on, to make those eggs. So that's something you're going to want to watch for too if you know your bird is able to lay eggs. Mm -hmm. That's very important. What are some other common problems? Well, we do see a lot of injuries, and a lot of times the injuries occur because the birds are not in their cage or they're not being supervised when they're in their cage. We see birds being stepped on. We see birds perching on top of doors that owners aren't aware of, and the door gets closed on their toe or their leg. You know, especially in the small birds, if their toenail, even if it's just their toenail breaks, for example, they can lose a decent amount of blood for their body size. And a lot of times owners will be very concerned. They're losing a lot of blood. Um, and sometimes they just need some supportive care, like some fluids to help increase their blood pressure again. But we also do see broken legs, broken wings. And a lot of these occur from inadvertent injuries at home. 
Right. And obviously supervising bird when he or she is at is very, very important. And making sure that if you have other pets in the house, cats or dogs or rabbits or whatever else you have, you know, really not trusting that those birds and those pets are going to be safe together because you may have the most wonderful, sweet, kind dog who means no malice at all toward your bird, but he doesn't really understand that the bird isn't a a plaything to be picked up in his mouth. And he may carry around the bird and inadvertently puncture the bird on the side just from holding him too tight. So you really never want to trust your other pets out with these birds. Um, You also want to make sure that your windows are closed, that you've covered mirrors if your bird is out and flighted, that you don't have the ceiling fan on or a fire going and where a bird could, you know, dive into a hot pot of water or a hot hot cup of coffee. We see all of these injuries that unfortunately happen very commonly and you never really think it's going to happen to your bird because you're watching, but it just takes one split second and in a second a bird could get burned or, you know, injured from a pet or fly out the window or into the window or into the mirror. So, you know, adequate supervision, very, very important. Um, Dr. Ravitch and I do emergency call every night and you'd be amazed at the number of inadvertent uh, emergencies that happen just because people for one second have turned their back or aren't paying attention. So it's, it's very important. Another thing birds can also get, um, usually starting around in their middle age, is feather picking. And they will start to see them picking their feathers. Maybe the owners notice they're picking at just one or two or chewing at just one or two. Or the owners start to notice more feathers on the bottom of the cage. And, And over time, they start to notice, usually over the chest and the abdomen, and if it progresses to the legs, sometimes even the wings, that the bird is missing their coverts or their outer feathers and just the down or even the skin is exposed. Feather picking can occur for both behavioral and medical reasons. So we always recommend getting them checked out by an avian veterinarian to make sure there isn't an underlying medical reason. And really just about any medical reason can cause feather picking. They can have a bacterial infection in their intestines. They can have kidney disease. They can have a tumor growing somewhere and they might start to pick over that region. So we always do recommend checking them out medically to make sure there's nothing that should be treated. If all the medical causes have been ruled out, then we also address behavioral causes and making sure the bird is on an appropriate diet, as we already talked about, getting the UV light, which we also talked about. It's important for both behavioral stimulation and producing calcium, and it's also the vitamin A in the light is good for, or the UVA in the light is good for feather and skin. Giving them other activities, like leaving the TV on when you're not home, or even uh, teaching your bird how to forage. And we actually held a workshop here just on foraging and teaching birds how to forage and how to search for their food and work for their food like they would be doing in the wild. Do you have any further comments on that? Well, I think the main thing to remember is, again, people see their birds feather picking. It's very frustrating. It's very upsetting. It's even more upsetting if your bird starts to, you know, tear through the skin and cause bleeding. That's mutilation. So, you know, you do want to contact an avian veterinarian, but just remember that there is no magic pill or quick fix for this. As Dr. Ravish pointed out, there are just so many causes. And in order to try to get to the root of the problem, you know, we start with blood work and x-rays and stool sample testing and basic testing. And sometimes we figure it out and we really only rely on a diagnosis of quote-unquote a behavioral problem if we rule out all the medical stuff first. And that's when we work very carefully with owners at home to try to change their environment so that they can maybe prevent the behavior problem, the feather picking itself from happening. And it's very frustrating and it's a very long procedure. And and it does happen in quite a few species. We see it a lot in African greys, Mm -hmm. in cockatoos, and lovebirds, eclectus parrots, and some species more commonly than others, but it really can happen in any species. And it's not a failure on an owner's part. It doesn't necessarily mean the bird is going to die or anything like that, but it is something that shouldn't be left unchecked because it could be a sign of an underlying medical problem. Right. 
So that's a very, very common thing we see and a very frustrating thing we see. And sometimes it is related to sexual frustration. As we said, we're talking about birds, you know, in their middle age after they're sexually mature. And there are things when we've decided if it's a sexually based problem, there are hormones that we can use to try to tone down the, the sex hormones that are stimulating this bird to pick. And it can really make right. all the difference in the world. So, you know, many people are not aware that there are things that we can do, even if it is behaviorally based and it's not a medical problem. So I'm just trying to think of some other things that we see. I mean, certainly common diseases, as we talked about, there are so many different liver conditions that we see. There are a lot of kidney issues that we see. And these are all things that we do would pick up on a blood test. So again, you may not be aware, but we do regularly recommend blood work um, in birds starting in around their middle age and on. They should be having blood tests every year. When you first get them, we certainly want to do an initial blood test every couple of years. But as they get into their middle age and onward, just as we have regular checkups and blood work, we recommend it in birds and we want to pick up on the problems before they start to show significant signs. So I think maybe we should go on and talk a little bit about older birds. Mm -hmm. Should Um, we take a break first and address older birds when we come back? Sure. Let's take another break. We're here at Bird's Eye View. I'm Dr. Lori Hess here with Dr. Michelle Ravitch and we'll be back in a minute just to talk a little bit more about problems we see in older birds. Stay perched. We'll be soaring back right after these messages. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart and save up to 30% on toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart today. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash Lucky, L-U-C-K-Y, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all... What were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart, every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, here we are back at Bird's Eye View with Dr. Lori Hess and Dr. Ravitch. 
We're from the Veterinary Center for Birds and Exotics in Bedford Hills, New York. If you need to contact us, we are happy to hear from you at www.avianexotics, with an S on the end, vet.com. We're at 914-864-1414, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the problems we see as birds age in their, in their golden years. Many owners are actually surprised to find out that their birds can have similar conditions to older people. They can have problems with their liver, problems with their kidney, they can develop arthritis, they can develop gout, they can develop atherosclerosis or hardening of their arteries. And as we mentioned before, a lot of these problems are picked up on blood work. When we do routine blood work, we look at the same values that are looked at in people. We look at their liver values, we look at their cholesterol levels, we look at their kidney value, we also look at their red blood cell count to make sure they're not anemic, and their white blood cell count to make sure they don't have evidence of infection or inflammation. Sometimes if the cholesterol is high and we're suspicious of elevated cholesterol, we actually do an extended lipid panel to look at triglycerides and the same sort of things that people get examined for as well, sometimes thyroid hormone. And the interesting thing is a lot of the treatments are also very similar to those used in people. So we have some birds on Lipitor. We have some birds on, um, what else do we have birds on? We treat them with the same medications if they have gout. We use a drug called allopurinol, right. which is the same drug that's used in people. Um, and, you know, again, it is important to know fat is not fat is not just fat. You know, you've heard about the good cholesterol, HDL, and the bad cholesterol, LDL. And, and we can actually measure that in birds and decide whether it's more of a cholesterol problem or is a triglyceride problem. Um, and we can actually tailor make these medications to the birds and what they need and we actually are able to take human medications and have them compounded into a liquid form so that it's easy for birds to take because obviously they can't take pills the way human beings can mm -hmm. or even dogs and cats and have them in very small volumes and we have really helped out quite a few um, overweight birds to try to get them to lose right. weight. Unfortunately, a lot of the birds that we see, particularly the Amazon parrots, some of the African greys, Quaker parrots, you know, they do have a propensity to getting fat problems, fat digestive problems. They develop tumors under their skin that are fatty tumors if they're not metabolizing things properly. And they will get high cholesterol and it can really affect their heart in the long run. And they are more prone to strokes and to heart attacks because of the fat plaques that form in their arteries. So it is important to monitor their cholesterol and get them on the appropriate medication. And, and that's mm -hmm. only something that could be found out through a blood test, obviously. So um, that's why we do recommend annual blood tests on these older birds. Um, we did mention gout is a very significant and deadly disease and probably one of the most common diseases that we see in older birds. You know, gout is measured by looking at uh, the uric acid production of the kidney. Remember in the stool, there's the white solid part of the stool, which is the solid part of the urine or the uric acid. There's the clear urine and then there's the green or brown stool. And sometimes as birds age, we'll see that they actually are producing more urates, more of the white stuff and more of the liquid urine and that can be a sign that their kidneys are not working as well. So we'd want to check their blood levels of uric acid which will reflect their kidney function and for those birds that have an elevated kidney function that's when we want to give them fluids underneath their skin to kind of diurese them as we would in a, a person on dialysis and get them onto the appropriate medications to decrease the production of that uric acid that develops and, and sits in their kidneys and causes a lot of inflammation, causes their kidneys to swell. One of the more common signs we might want to mention is is, um, mm -hmm. lameness in birds that can mm -hmm. be actually be indicative of kidney disease. You want to mention right. that, Dr. 
Sure. Similar to people, the main nerve that goes to the bird's leg is called the sciatic nerve. And uh, in birds, actually, that nerve goes right through their kidneys. And if there's a problem with their kidney, if the kidney is enlarged, if there's disease of the kidney, or if there's a tumor in that region, and that actually includes testicular tumors because those live right next to the kidney, that can press on the nerve and affect the nerve's function. And a lot of times we'll see a one-sided lameness. Um, and a lot of times that it tends to occur in budgies, for example, that tends to be one of the main species associated with with this problem. And that can often give us a clue that we should be investigating that area of the body, looking at the kidneys, looking to see, you know, taking an x-ray and seeing if there's an enlargement that we can see in that region. And unfortunately, as you mentioned, tumors are very common and we see tumors of the kidney probably most commonly in older birds, but tumors happen in birds Mm -hmm. in all different organs. And I'm always amazed. People seem to be very surprised that older birds can get tumors. Just obviously, we don't know the cause of tumors. Sometimes it's genetic. Sometimes there are mutations in cells. But depending upon where the tumor is, sometimes we really can help a bird. If it's a tumor is on a skin or a wing or a leg, we can remove that. You know, certainly if it's in a major organ, it makes it much more difficult. But there are things we can do and there are some drugs that we can use chemotherapeutically in birds, and there are things we could do to help them when they have tumors too. So, you know, we don't want to give up on them just because right. they have tumors, but we definitely want to look and try to treat them early before they get out of hand. Right. Just trying to think of other things we might want to mention. Any other ideas? I think when you were talking about kidney disease, I was also thinking about the fact that gout can deposit in the joints and lead to very similar signs, just like arthritis, and actually cause arthritis because you get the development of uric acid crystals in the joints, which is excruciatingly painful and causes inflammation in the joints and secondary arthritis. And so even if we're seeing abnormalities in the blood work related to the kidney, we'll also often take x-rays and make sure that there's no evidence of inflammation, of arthritic changes, of mineralization of any of these joints, and then start appropriate therapeutic medications to help with comfort as well. We also recommend usually adjusting the bird's cage as it ages. If it's arthritic, if it can't fly as well, if it can't perch as well, you definitely don't want the same high perches because if they fall, they can break a bone or injure themselves. And we often recommend lowering the perches, putting padding on the bottom of the cage in case they do fall, making sure that their food and water is easily accessible. Very, very important point. And we also want to remember that as a bird ages from when it's a baby to middle age to adulthood, the diet should change and their nutritional needs change, their energy requirements change, the amount of protein they need in their diet, just as it is for a person, changes too. And you don't want to just feed the same thing their whole life. You want to make sure that you get them on the right diet to try to prevent as many of these illnesses as we can and that you keep up with their their needs as their bodies grow and change just with, as right. with a person. So I think hopefully we've covered a lot of points today and that you can all relate to your own health. We want to emphasize again, as we always do, that the only way we can be sure that a bird is healthy is to make sure that he or she gets a regular physical examination, blood work, a stool sample check. Just as we are checked every year, they should be checked every year. And this is how we pick up on these diseases and problems. We don't want to wait till they're sick. What Dr. Ravitch and I do all day long is check birds and other exotic pets to make sure that they stay healthy, as well as to deal with illnesses occurs. And we would encourage you to have your animal checked. If you're in our area, we're happy to see you. We're at the Veterinary Center for Birds and Exotics in Bedford Hills, New York, uh, about 40 some odd miles outside New York City. Our phone number again is 914-864-1414. Our website is www.avian, so A-V as in Victor, I-A-N as in Nancy, exotics, word exotic with an S on the end, 
vet, as in veterinarian.com, avianexotics.com. You can also check out our Facebook page under Veterinary Center for Birds and Exotics, where we put up a lot of very interesting and educational material on birds and other exotic species every day. And we thank you very, very much for listening to us today. We're out of time, but please join us again on Bird's Eye View. And thank you for listening. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.